0: Welcome to Kingdom Testimony. It is December 14th, 2021. It is a Tuesday. Um, And today I'm going to continue with um, the memoir, Testimony. I left off in uh, March of 2008. I apologize for any background noise. I have a little space heater going Um, also there's like 40 mile an hour gusts outside Um, and it's it's loud for me so I'm hoping it's not loud on the recording end of it I apologize if it is anyway so let's get going um and the Lord is the one who's pushing me forward on this. I, it's not that I'm trying to put it out of my mind. It's just I think my subconscious is telling me, you know, this isn't fun, revisiting this. But anyway, let's get going. Okay, so on the last podcast on this... I had read the paragraph of February twenty second. Uh, me and my daughter got to my sister's house in Nebraska. Um, <clears throat> so we followed. I we followed each other from Nebraska up to Moorhead, where my mom was living. Okay, um, March third, two thousand and eight, at mom's. And all of this I took from my journals at, at the time. So, so this isn't going off of memory of what happened. I kind of want to make that clear because I get pretty specific of thing, about things that have happened. and <clears throat> And it's not off of memory. I wrote it down as it was happening. So it's accurate according to... My perception of what I was going through. Alright, so I wrote, this is pretty bizarre. We're at Mom's. We've been here since February 23rd, 2008. I'm in my old room, the green room. It still smells a little like dog pee, but the smell of cigarette smoke is gone. Mom's next door in her bedroom, the blue room. She's on oxygen and no one can smoke. What a blessing. The combination of dog pee and cigarette smoke shut up in a house for 20 years is a smell like no other. My sister Vanny is in her old room, the room she had with her oldest as a baby. It used to be mom's sewing room. Let me put my not disturb on. She is battling health problems, too many for her age of 46. Cute hair though. My sister Andy is downstairs in the basement with her three kids. Vanny has her youngest, her daughter. I have Chelsea with me, my daughter. This is all a little insane. Mom hasn't once asked how long we are staying. I told her last summer that me and Chelsea were gonna come, and come back and stay. She just hollered out, now, playfully, Lisa, you've come full circle. You started out in that room, and now you're back in that room. I had my door shut already. I had already said goodnight. Vanny thought Mom said Vanessa and answered her back. She wasn't going to get rid of me that easy. My schedule back at home is very different than here uh, in Arizona. I was used to getting up at 4.30 in the morning and going to bed at 8.30pm. Here we have to adjust to mom's schedule. We get up at 8.30 in the morning and we're in bed at 1am. Except she sleeps on and off all day. I can't sleep past 7am so I don't get as much sleep as I'd like. I fatigue easily because I have Crohn's disease but I won't complain. There's no room for that. At 45, I have finally learned graciousness and its value. I'm going to add there, I thought I learned graciousness and its value. She put it to the test. Around this time, um, I had a dream, so let me go into that. When we got there, Mom was thrilled after she realized her three little girls would be home again. Vanny was staying in her old bedroom on the main floor down the hall from Mom's room. My old bedroom right next to Mom's was available, still green, orange, and gold as I left it, and had been Dad's TV room before he died. There was a desk in there with Mom's computer on it, an armchair, a small table, and her roll-top writing desk in it. So two desks. No bed. I brought sleeping bags for me and Chelsea, and we bunked out on the floor. Andy took the couch and her kids had blankets on the living room floor before she moved into the basement. Mom was like a kid again. On the first night when everyone was going to bed, she said, I have my three little girls home again. It was truly, it truly was like it had been in 1980 when we were all together at home before we each began moving out. That was a devastating time for mom and dad. They had nine kids they raised and didn't know life without kids. It was during this time that I had my fourth life journey dream. I was in a place that was tropical and felt like South America, maybe Guatemala. Um, I wanna, I wanna put in here that I did write a book about my five life journey dreams. Um, right now I don't feel the go ahead to give out um, the name of that book. It is on Amazon. Uh, let me pause this a second. All right, I had to shut off the space heater. The clouds are rolling in, and it looks like it's sprinkling out. I don't want to run myself out of electricity. Okay. <clears throat> um, so in this fourth life journey dream, I was in a place that was tropical, and it felt like South America, maybe Guatemala. Um. I had never been there, but that's what it felt like to me. I was with my husband, but I couldn't see his face, and I wasn't sure if it was Gary, to be honest. It was a man, and I just knew it was my husband. We pulled up to a small, run-down house with tropical bushes and trees lining the yard. We were in a van, and there was a white car in the driveway. We got out of the van, we were carrying either food or medical supplies, I couldn't tell which, We went to the side door of the house and the young lady with her small children inside were expecting us. I could tell they were excited to see us. We sat down on the couch and chatted briefly. Suddenly the door behind us burst open and what seemed to be guerrilla type armed men rushed in while shouting in a foreign language. We grabbed the kids her little kids, and I tried to shield the lady as we all hit the floor. The last thing I remember is the sound of gunfire. Okay, now I can vividly remember or or see this dream in my mind. I remember it. Um, The other thing I want to point out is in the book that I wrote, ooh, maybe five years ago, four years ago, um, about these five life journey dreams, four of them have come to pass. The one I mentioned in one of my last podcasts about the two-story house, um, there was three others, and they've all co- come to pass. They've, they were prophetic and symbolic at the same time, but at this point, this, this fifth one, to date, this one has not come to pass. It, but my daughter, about two weeks ago, had a dream that her and I were in a van with my oldest son, and he was making deliveries. He didn't know we were there, though. Her and I were talking to each other, but she said it was almost like he didn't even know we were there. So it's weird. Um, in this stream, I knew it was my husband. Now, whether it was Gary or I did get remarried in uh, 2012. So that kind of give it away. Me and Gary end up divorced. Um, <clears throat> or I don't want to marry again. So I don't really know. Um But at this point in time, right now today, this dream has not been fulfilled. Okay, all right, so let's go on. This is toward the end of March. When Andy moved downstairs, because she didn't wanna sleep on the pee-soaked couch and she didn't want her kids on the pee-soaked floor, even though they were on like cushions and things, I mean, who would? So she, they only spent like one or two days in the living room. And also my mom, still thinking that the couch was new, she remodeled like 10 years earlier, but to her that couch was still new. So she's like, oh, you're going to rub the the finish or the cloth off the couch if you keep sleeping on it. You <laughs> And he's like, well, where am I supposed to sleep? You know, my mom, you can sleep on the floor. And he's like, no, I'm not. So, they made arrangements to move downstairs. Well, she got a hold of... Andy got a hold of her um, oldest daughter, who lived not too far away, and said, can you find us a queen-size bed? And she called around, and she's like, I found one, and we're going to bring it over. So, um, they moved down into the basement. When she got down in the basement, there was mold. Now, this is Minnesota, so basements getting water in them in older houses is fairly common Um, unless they are properly repaired like drain tile and things like that so there was mold everywhere about knee-high in the basement Um, the foundation was badly cracked and it was a wet basement in the spring typically Um, This was still early spring and it was dry, but the mold was still everywhere from years of just sitting. Um, Since my dad passed away and my mom had her stroke, she never went downstairs. It was basically like she shut the lights off after ceramics class one day and just walked upstairs and never went back. It was a little creepy. So I told Andy, we need to cut away all the moldy parts about knee high in the sheetrock throughout the whole basement. We didn't tell mom that, of course, because to her, (coughs) the basement was still in tip-top shape from when she was having classes. So I got a knife, like a serrated knife, and I cut all of it away. And we put it in, you know, hefty bags and just kind of snuck it out to the garbage little by little. So now all the room partitions, the one whole part of the basement was open because of the classes the other part was there was the utility room that had the drain and then under the stairs where the upstairs came down and there was just some storage that's where we used to go it was full of spiders in that area that's where we used to go and there's tornadoes we had like put um, mattresses over us and all cram underneath the stairs I'm like just, take, just let a tornado take me I'm serious there's too many spiders and it was those bony kind that bite and I'm like tall skinny ugh. like no just just take me um, so there and then it was mom's office that had a section behind the furnace that had um, two kilns where she had the two kilns now they were sold and then that had like a window right there into the backyard And then the next room over was where the sump pump was, and we were worried that the sump pump wasn't working because of the um, mold. Um, And so that area, when, um, that area was just a storage area for Christmas decorations for the ceramics room, um, unfinished greenware from customers that never came back to get their stuff. same thing in the utility room. Shelves and shelves everywhere of just unfinished ceramics. It literally was like, just locked it up one night after class. Okay, so now all the room partitions were see-through all along the bottom in the whole living area of the basement. Um, <coughs> Andy and I received donations of two beds. Now, she got her bed, and then shortly after... I told Andy, I said, I don't want to stay next to mom in the bedroom. Um, It's creepy to me. So she started looking for a second bed. Um, She also received a couch and a TV for her son. So his bedroom was close to this north end by the utility room and Andy put her bed and we took all of the ceramics tables. There was tables everywhere and we just kind of rearranged down there so it was sectioned off so Tyrell could have his own areas he means like 15 year old boy you know and then her younger daughters slept with her and then the tables for um ceramics we used you know for whatever eating and whatever the basement was always the creepy place in the house and I think I might have touched on this earlier, but we would intentionally scare each other down there when we were little kids. Our brother thought it was funny to go to the top of the stairs when we were playing, shut off all the lights to the long staircase. I did, I remember, talk about that staircase when me and my sister Vanny were sleeping in the basement and the thing in the green robe came down. I I have talked about that on this. We knew we had to go through the dark to turn the lights on again, and no one wanted to do it. Okay. When mom had her ceramics class down there about 20 years ago, she would watch paranormal shows, and then she'd hear strange noises. So this was right before she, right when she started doing her ceramics class, and I think she did them for like 10 years. She thought it was funny until we all moved out. She was down there alone. My dad never went downstairs anymore since he took over the um, since she took over the basement for her business and he set up his hobby woodworking area in the garage um, I'm not sure of the date but it is it was in March I wrote this a.m. Now I'm still in my old bedroom next door to my mom's room sleeping on the floor and sleeping bags with Chelsea <coughs> This room's fairly clean. My mom did, I mean, my dad used it for his TV watching room and the computer room, and he did not allow the dogs in there. So there was very little dog pee in there. I wrote, this a.m., I heard the battle going on in mom's room. Um, Later today, I moved me and Chelsea into the basement with Andy and her kids. We rearranged tables and beds, so ours were head-to-head. Um, we had received the second bed. Tyrell was sleeping on the couch. It looks like we're gonna be here for the long haul. So what we did is we set the beds head to head and put a long skinny table between them. It was an orange table, I remember that. So this long skinny table was like a headboard and then Andy and the girls put their stuff on their side, me and Chelsea, stuff on our side. The table was probably two feet wide and like five feet long um this period of my life had a lasting impression to say the least it was a spiritual battle not just going up and taking care of my mother there were nights i actually heard a battle taking place in her bedroom i kid you not this was a spiritual battle for her life not her physical life but for her soul I don't go into detail about that battle, but I will tell you about it right now. I remember it crystal clear. I woke up. um, It was only like one or two in the morning. I hadn't been sleeping very long. And I heard hollering, swords clashing, like a movie, you know, that, ooh, ah, clang, slash, ah. Okay, there was a battle a regular battle, war, going on in her bedroom. And I was thinking, does she have? what does she have on her television? She didn't have her TV on those type, types of shows. Um, all right, so anyway, not her physical life, but for her soul. Mom might have been a strict Orthodox Catholic, but she loved God with all her heart and prayed over all us kids tirelessly all her life. She was taken over by the demons that she invited in with her book reading and movie watching, and they took over her body. When she beat them miraculously, when she beat cancer, when they manifested as cancer, they came back in 2008 with full force. Vanny couldn't see it. Me and Andy could. Me and Andy were sent there to do battle, spiritual battle, to pray for her. The notebooks of that time will have that kind of verbiage in them, and no one, No, not even Gary will understand it, but me and Andy felt it and knew it. This was a war. Now in the basement, we had to do a little remodeling to make it livable. Dad passed away six years earlier. Mom gave up running the business when she got cancer at about the same time, and due to a badly cracked foundation, the spiders and mold had taken over. But it was better than being upstairs, where years of untrained dogs and cigarette smoking made the upstairs almost unlivable. Vanny's room was clean because she kept the door shut. Her youngest daughter only stayed there on weekends, so she didn't mind it too much. The kitchen was clean because Andy and I would scoot the two remaining dogs out of it when they ventured in, and one of the first things we did when we got there was clean the kitchen. The floor was like orange and when we got done with it, it was it was like ivory colored again. Not super clean, but at least the color was back. The saddest part was that mom wasn't the same. She used to have such a good sense of humor. All our friends loved her and some even called her mom, a lot of them called her mom, because they felt so welcome in our home and they could talk to her about anything. The cancer she had was in remission and years of living on her own made her sarcastic and bitter. Now when I would joke with her like old times, she'd just say, well, aren't you snarky today? And another time, she called me a snot gobbler. I think that means a bratty kid. I think it's funny, actually, the snot gobbler. Um, anyway, <laughs> oh, when I think about it, it is funny. But she was always saying, well, you're snarky. All right, my journal I have, March 11th the stay at mom's had started taking a toll my husband was upset that I was planning to stay up there for a month or two we were self-employed and I was doing the bookkeeping still but I felt the Lord was telling me to stay until he says it's okay to return I sent the notarized paperwork back home in Arizona so the closing on the house could go forward my sons planned on helping us move into the house right away I figured I'd have to wait until I left here to enjoy the new surroundings. I knew my husband and sons didn't understand why I was staying up here so long, so I wrote them a letter, but I never sent it. I will read the letter, and then we will end there. So, this is the letter I never sent. Dear guys, I love you more than anything else in the world and would love to be there with you in my new house, but I can't and I'll tell you why. I don't think you understand the importance of me, Andy and Vanny being here right now. My mom and this house has been under a demonic stronghold since we were kids. At first she was emotionally unstable and wanted to get her way all the time. Then she got interested in the paranormal. She just thought it was fascinating like Indian history or the Civil War but she watched every spirit movie and laughed when they would menace with us. Then it was no longer funny when we all moved out. She was left with the fortress of evil that she helped create. My sisters saw a few things to make them believe they were real. I saw the most, I experienced the most. This is why it is important that I don't leave. It's like the war in Iraq. Once you send help in, to pull them out would be to do, undo any progress that has been made and according to the Bible, to make things seven times worse. Matthew 12, 45. Mom, Grandma, would surely go through hell. Also, I don't think you guys understand what my gift from the Holy Spirit is. Let me try to explain it to you. I thought it was noteworthy that I saw and experienced the most activity here when I was younger. Then the Lord started instructing me in dreams what happens when we pray. Most people pray and then they wait for help or for the answer from God. Well, he made me an intercessor. You can look it up in the New Testament. There's a whole bunch of stuff on it. Intercessors, or prayer warriors, make things happen according to God's will when demons are keeping God's will from taking place. Since Adam and Eve ate the apple and were cast out of the Garden of Eden into the fallen world, people have had to live among this evil and the earth is the devil's domain. So we have to fight to have God's plan carried out. That's why people can't help sinning. The earth is under evil control. So to remove the stronghold from mom's life, there has to be a series of battles. I had a dream a long time ago that I visited grandma on her lane up in heaven. She was happy and healthy, almost childlike. It might have been the Catholic neighborhood, but so what? She made it there. Grandma in the state she's in now It is questionable because she does not want us to talk about Christ, and that tells me she is not going to be saved. It is by him that we are. If she rejects him here, she will reject him there. That was my fear anyway. It is the evil forces that are blocking her acceptance of him. Strongholds have already come down. I heard a battle taking place in her room about eight days ago in the middle of the night shuffling, fighting, screaming. Shortly after that, I moved into the basement too, only because now her TV is so loud it cuts all silence. I used to think the basement was so creepy. Now it's the cleanest space in the whole house. I'll interject right here because me and Andy prayed, had read the Bible, did Bible studies, and um, had Christian music going all the time. I'll go on with a letter. My area is directly beneath Grandma's bedroom now. The Lord showed me that when we pray, our, our prayers in spiritual sight act as a light beam cutting through the heavens and are taken up by his messengers, angels, and brought to the Father. He gives his answer to the Son, Jesus. The Son gives the answers and instructions to the warring angels, and they are sent back. An intercessor, praying Christian, empowers groups or throngs of angels to beat back the legions of evil angels in the heavenlies to deliver, fallen angels, to deliver and put into action the answered prayer on earth. The battles take place where the stronghold is at. Now grandma is left as a weak and broken down old lady without her power of before. She appears to me as confused She looks 90 instead of 75 and knows she is vulnerable and naked before God. She may even fear him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 9.10, Psalms 111.10 And blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, my loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and the one in whom I take refuge, who subdues the people under me. Psalm 144, 1 and 2. So I'm sorry, but I have to stay until this battle for her soul is done. I love you all very, very much. And I can't wait till I get back and can hug you tightly. Please be patient and pray for us. I'm praying for you. Love, Mom. So I did not send that letter. I don't know why. I just felt not to, um, and I'll never understand that because I think it was would have been a good. Even now, reading it, it was it was exactly what was going on. Um, So March 13th, there's a couple more short things. Uh, March 13th, 2008, I have taken to writing Bible verses at the kitchen table in the mornings. Mom is usually still sleeping, but occasionally she'll get up early and join whoever is up. She's gotten a little snide lately. Today I wrote Isaiah 52, Awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion, put on your beautiful garments. Shake yourself from the dust, arise. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive, daughter of Zion. When I got up from the table to get coffee, Mom wrote, Amen, next to it in my notebook. She was being snide. March 16. Today I opened to Micah 4, uh, verses 6 through 8, and copied these verses at the table. I hadn't noticed it, but a lot of the verses I was opening to and copying down had to do with the daughter of Zion. After that, mom started sarcastically calling me the daughter of Zion. So she was reading my, um, my notebook. When I would leave the table, she'd go over and read my notebook. I mean, that's something, you know. All right. So we're going to stop there um, with March 30th. Hmm. What page are we on? Page 72. So I'll put uh, a marker here. All right. Page 72. So this is where we had just gotten there. We started realizing this is a spiritual battle. And, um, now remember, I was going to title this memoir Lindenwood, because that's the name of the park that I would drive to when it got so bad in the house that I couldn't even think in the morning, pray nothing. It was, it was so evil. It got so evil. Um, Mom would sleep in, so in the mornings I would drive to Lindenwood Park and, you know, like get a coffee and a roll or something. And I would be there from like 7 in the morning till 10, when Mom would wake up, and then I'd come back to help my sisters. But, um, all right, so I'm going to leave it there. And we'll pick it up again very soon and so I pray you all have a blessed day